Can we just talk about the Cheddar Goblin I really don't, quick? I don't even I understand. Would, I'd love to talk about the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> okay. Uh, for any context, it was uh, when Nick Cage, during the movie, gets done with seeing his, what was his wife or girlfriend burned to death? He comes yep. inside, and uh, on the TV <laughs> is this gem of a commercial about a goblin that's a mascot for a mac and cheese company. Yes. And he vomits mac and cheese, and the kids devour it? Yep. Yeah, but it went on longer than I thought it would. Like, And he's like, Cheddar Goblin. It's like a it's a full minute long. You can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, last night Macias was looking it up and researching Cheddar Goblin for some reason. <laughs> I was <laughs> really interested in it. There's an entire article about it. There's w- an article with like three people are interviewed about it. Yeah, and it's cool because one of the people that worked on it is from Too Many Cooks. I think you showed too me Too Many, many Cooks. cooks. Yeah. yeah, and if you haven't seen the video Too Many Cooks, Adult Swim, uh, the subsidiary of uh, Cartoon Network, did an excellent 10-minute video called Too Many Cooks. That's fucking weird. It is very weird. I would really love to have a Cheddar Goblin t-shirt. With like him vomiting on into a bowl. Say no more. In front of the kids. Oh. Is that a thing? I know. I was reading last night on the on Thrillist who did the um, article about him. And they said they were making, like they wanted to make like plush toys and some other like merchandise. So ridiculous. I'm yeah. into it. That mac and cheese looked real good. Yeah. I might have been stoned, but it looked real good. Yeah. I also love when they're talking about the kids that did the commercial for them. They were like, you guys like mac and cheese? And they were like, yeah, of course we love mac and cheese. And like, you're about to get two hours of mac and cheese dumped all over you. (laughs) Hell yeah. Such a weird commercial. But apparently they still like mac and cheese after. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. I think the only thing grosser than Cheddar Goblin would be Baked Beans Goblin. Just baked beans all over the floor. You would be everywhere. Yeah, well, Yuck. let's move on from that. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm here with Ash and Macias, as you can hear. How was y'all's week so far? So far, so good. So far, so good. Macias, you're looking great. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great and lighting the world on fire. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah you are. Adele? No. Adele? She, Absolutely she not. World on fire? She set fire to the rain. Oh, that's oh, what I yeah. set fire to the rain. How do you set fire to rain? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Don't, Ask her. I don't get it. That's fine. Science. Um, Science. My week's so been pretty well. Rules. If you guys to ask. Oh, yeah. Your week. How was it? What's pretty, up? Pretty good. How yeah. was your weekend alone as a bachelor? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I was alone at home. I, uh, I stay up to like 10 or 11 each night. Uh, really? Did, that's how, it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, ca- I text all my friends, and like, no one was going out. You didn't text us, bitch. Yeah. Well, I know Macias wasn't drinking. Yeah. Well, what about me? <laughs> you never reply. It's yeah. fine. It doesn't matter. But I drank like ten beers and kind of just passed out watching. Pretty like, cool. it's funny. I, I just envisioned you sitting in like your man room, video games, with your video games, yeah. maybe a joint in your mouth, and like f- fucking five to ten Budweisers. Yeah. And well, like some uh, takeout. Yeah. I almost did all that. He doesn't that, eat, though. He I, never eats. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't spend much money over the weekend. It was great. Well, yeah, know? there's one of you, not two. Yeah, yeah that's true. I am playing, uh, helping fill in a band, though, yeah. that we're playing this weekend. So if you guys want to check out what Zach is helping out on, uh, his elusive, reclusive majesty. You can find them on Bandcamp. That is not my uh, actual band, but I'm helping them out. So we're playing this Friday. I've been learning all those bass lines. Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. Sounds like an acid trip. Kind of. And if you guys want to uh, come hear them, they're playing uh, this Friday at Sweetwater Bar in Duluth. Not to be confused with Sweetwater Brewery. Because I was confused myself. Mm. But 
It's going to be good. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I do have a question for you guys before we start this episode of Mind Altering Substances. Okay. Uh, in y'all's short life, has there ever been an experience where you have been enticed to do something because of the drugs you were on? I know the answer isn't no. Uh, maybe I put you guys on the spot too uh, easily, but I can give myself an example first off if you'd like. Sure. Okay. Not that I was enticed to do something, but I do remember one time, uh, and this is pretty light, weak stuff. Uh, I smoked a lot of marijuana with some friends mm -hmm. after being hungover in Atlanta. Uh, I only mentioned Atlanta because it was a very busy street. We go to the Waffle House. For those not around here, Waffle House is a 24-hour breakfast place. Great for soaking up your hangover with all the grease on it. Mm. So we so park good. on Peachtree Street. So mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that Waffle House is one of the busier streets in Atlanta. I left my car on with the keys in the ignition and the doors unlocked for Jesus like an hour. Christ. Are you joking? There was six of nobody, us. Oh. Nobody took your car? No, but I'd filled up the tank before that. I got back and it was like quarter tank. Really? It just been fucking running. Whoa. Wow. And I still can't live that down from all my friends. <gasps> but I know it's because I wasn't thinking, you know? Like You must have been shitty. I I've been drinking all night. Yeah. And then I think that had more to do with it. That sounds like a very Zach move. That is, if anyone knows me, <laughs> very Zach move. The only the cherry on top would if I locked my keys in the car and came back and couldn't get back into the mm. car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how about you guys? Anything uh, in minor stories? Mine's more like with drinking than drugs. That's fine. Drinking drugs is kind of settle me down. Okay, that's mm. fair. Um, let's see. I guess I am almost engaged in a threesome of a married couple once. I'm trying to think of anything crazier than that. That's I didn't do it though. Pretty cool though. Why didn't you do it? I didn't do it because honestly it was like five in the morning and I was like, I don't want to sleep yeah. forever the next day. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to go home. Also <laughs> like in that situation, I've never been in that situation because I'm all that cool. Um, do you just sleep in the married couple's bed? Yes. Yeah. Unless yes. But what if they have like a queen size bed? If the married couple is asking you to come over and spend some time with them, they're yeah. expecting you to hang out. But sleeping in a bed is a more of an intimate activity that I would assign to maybe like a couple. Like for instance, I have a queen size bed. I sleep on like 10 fucking percent of it. I couldn't imagine what three people in a fucking bed would be like. You can do it. I'm just saying. Okay. I think it's expected and yeah. understood if they're going to sleep over. I think you're supposed to sleep, stay in the bed. I think yeah. I would personally probably leave mm -hmm. afterward, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're supposed to stay. Now, if you're adding more than one person to the room, then it's expected that both of you, both of those two extra people are probably going to need to leave at some point. Makes sense. Like an additional, like a foursome or a yeah. six some. I yeah. feel like it only yeah. works in intervals. Not of speaking two. from experience at all, just speaking from logistics. Yeah. Okay, logistically. Like, you have like a California king or something. Yes. Do you bring your toothbrush with you? Uh, you can. Because are you starting it back up in the morning? Is that something that happens? No, I don't yeah. think no. A lot of times it does. That I mean, I don't know. Breath. I don't. I never don't heard think of that. So. That breath would be god awful. Ew, you're so right. Oh my well, gosh. I mean, are you like having passionate kisses or are you like just fucking like what's the deal uh, i'm sorry depends I know on the situation my breath smells like in the morning and it, i could well be then talking. you should come prepared with like altoids or a toothbrush toothbrush oh my gosh okay little mouthwatch little mouthwash travel tell you when tell you <laughs> what time travel to watch it. <laughs> Fuck okay. you. well what do you have to say about yourself um, I don't want to say too much. What if I run for office one day? I don't know. Who's to say? Um, uh, these episodes will be deleted by then anyway. Yeah, you're right. So probably uh, running through Piedmont Park naked on some controlled substances oh, and wow. uh, having some cops try to follow us out. Nice. Is it day or night? 
night. It's still Piedmont Park is a big oh, park in Atlanta. It's beautiful, it? especially when nobody is there except for some like random homeless people. It's like it's a wonderful place to be free and naked. Yeah. Piedmont Park is probably the equivalent of like three or four World Trade Centers. If you were to put the mass and like always relating it back, it it's something <laughs> that was a formative experience. <laughs> Hashtag nine eleven. For my, yeah. uh, you know, never forget. Never forget. I never forget the Cheddar Goblin. Forgot, yeah. nev- <laughs> never forget the Cheddar Goblin. I would like to say before we continue that Macias was mentioning that she wants to get a tattoo of Cheddar Goblin maybe one day. Maybe one day I think I would love to have a big green goblin vomiting macaroni and cheese all over some children. Yeah, I'm I into that. See no problem with that whatsoever. I don't either. I'm just living vicariously through your choices. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Do it as like a big mural on my back. <laughs> That'll that be the big be piece. A... Maybe a tramp stamp. Who yeah. knows? Okay. So last week with Hereditary, we talked about uh, one of the sexier types of cults. I don't know if you guys remember at all. We were getting into the demonic summoning, devil worshiping, overrepresented Satanist type of cults that don't really exist in real life. And I think we talked about that shortly as maybe spurred on by the satanic panic of the 1980s and 1990s. Um, but... That's what we were getting to last week. So this week, we're looking at a completely different type of cult. Uh, Some of these are, are in fact, religious, but I would argue, and again, interrupt me if you guys disagree, um, but these types of groups generally use religion as a vehicle to boost their leader's stature or hijack the religion's basic structure, but they're not necessarily in the same camp of a purely religious cult, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so think of like last week when we were talking about uh, in Hereditary, they're trying to summon a demon. They actually believe in that. They all did. There wasn't yeah. necessarily a leader in the cult. I guess you could argue the grandmother was, uh, but it was for a religious purpose, which is going to be so much different than what we're talking about tonight, which is hippie cults. And I use that term loosely, but it gives, uh, at least for me, the right vibe that we're trying to go for. Um, so think about cults that recruit people that are interested in communal living, pure lives, and often, and at least in the beginning, decent motivations to get people in the door. Um, but is there anything that I've mentioned so far in the beginning of the episode that I haven't mentioned yet that have to do with hippies? We're talking about our experiences. LSD. Drugs. Granola. LSD, yeah. you're right. Um, so yeah. They live in, baby. Add mind-altering substances into this hippie cult equation, and you're going to have a pretty bad time. Um, now... As we discussed up front and before we go down this path, I personally, I don't want to talk for you ladies, don't have a problem with responsible drug use. And I I generally support the relaxing of most uh, laws on drug enforcement. Responsible being the key word. Responsible is the key word there, not operating heavy machinery. That has always been a big problem for myself. Uh, But in terms of cults, when drugs, especially psychedelic types like acid, LSD, mushrooms, really anything that breaks you out of reality, DMT, uh, ayahuasca, hallucinogenic stuff, any Mm. of that, when they're wielded incorrectly, I I think that's probably one of like the worst types of cults you can get into, you know? Um, for some example, let's just look at the Manson family briefly. Yeah, at their height, which I didn't know, there was 100 people living on the compound with the Manson family. It's pretty Jeez. crazy. because That's I, a lot of people. I always just envisioned the six people that uh, perpetrated the Sharon Tate murders being part of that family, not 100 people that were part of it as well. Yeah, I didn't know it was that big. Um, they all habitually used LSD, um, willingly, sometimes unwillingly. Uh, Charles Manson obviously had his way with whoever he would like to, kind of living the, the dream lifestyle of uh, disconnecting from reality. And that eventually led, as I just mentioned, to Sharon Tate's death with five others when he sent some goons that were hopped up to go 
kill some people to uh, hopefully incite some race wars, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, what's even crazier, which I think is a kind of a missed detail that I, I may be misrepresenting, is that the only reason Sharon Tate and the five others were killed in this killing was because a record executive used to live in that house and had denied Manson a record deal. Yes. And if you remember anything about Manson, Manson was a failed artist. Sounds familiar. Yeah. It does sound familiar to this movie, which we'll get into, but uh, this failed artist got denied. They sent these goons to the house, and it actually was sold to Sharon Tate and her husband, which was Polanski, I believe, right? Yes. And Roman he, Polanski? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't there at the time. but yeah. um, I didn't know that. She and, they, and she had nothing to do with it. Nothing none of them to did. do with it. One of the kids that was killed was dropping off something that dog he picked shit. up from the house. Such dog shit. Yeah, I don't like stepping in dog shit either. Mm. How did they kill them? Uh, knives. Okay, that's they, what I thought. They put some blood on the wall, spelled out helter skelter. Mm. Um, again, they were. I think I believe they were trying to incite a race war, but you know, again, just yeah. kind of. How were they trying to incite a race war by killing white people? I think the idea was people. Oh, would, to make it look like like, like a false flag attack, like yeah. it was a bunch Seemed of like it was black minorities yes. or Hispanics that were coming to attack. Um, but no, it obviously didn't work. Maybe it worked initially. But those people were definitely kind of disconnected from reality after all the drugs they were taking. Not to say the drugs were the only thing that led any of this, but definitely a, a factor in it. Um, or we can weak look mindedness. at weak-mindedness mm -hmm. in combination with drug use yes. and a uh, cult of personality like Charles Manson. Or let's look at Roman Gustavo Gaete. Have you guys heard of that guy? No. Okay, so he was the leader of a Chilean cult called Antares from the Light. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we mentioned this a little bit when we were getting ready, ready for this episode. Uh, he claimed to be God, of course, you know, so it's a little bit tied Naturally. to that religious element. But he also was really big into making his followers take ayahuasca with him. Whoa. That's fucking heavy. Oof. If you don't know about ayahuasca, I, I'm not going to say that I know a, a large amount. I've never taken ayahuasca. but Lots I know of feelings. It's... Uh, brutal enough that you, some people take it in hospitals or around like IVs and yes. uh, guardians. And it's something like I know that it's used with like addiction therapy and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go to like South America or something like people go there to like kind of break addictions and get through some Heavy serious shit. emotional issues. But it's one of the most powerful hallucinogens in the world. Yes. Should always have a shaman present. Yes, always. These guys did not have a shaman present. At least they maybe believe they did with Ramon the God. So on one night, he gets everyone, you know, together. They're taking some ayahuasca. Probably a pretty good time up until the point where they pull out a newborn baby. Uh, she had hmm. been born three days prior. During this ritual, the baby was uh, stripped naked. Uh, they strapped tape around her mouth to keep her from screaming. And they strapped her to a board and threw her in a fire. Wow. Which so is just disgusting. I think the only way you could have a group of people potentially do that is under some influence, uh, especially with like ayahuasca yeah. it being super potent. Not to say again that it was all of the drugs, a uh, combination. That's fucking evil. I would just factors. love to know like what in your brain makes you think that this is a good thing that I'm doing. Ugh. I believe at that point it was a sacrifice. I know. I just can't, you know, nothing in your body is like, maybe I shouldn't. That's you know, so I, this horrific. feels a little wrong. Ugh. Yeah, especially if you're the mother who was there. Uh, yeah, like, here, take it, sure. And she was a part of it. I, I believe so. Again, I, I didn't Jesus get too much Christ. into it. But, I mean, somehow the baby wasn't registered in Chile and uh, ended up being killed. Ugh. She carried that baby for nine months in her belly and then three days later threw it in fire. and pace. Yeah, pretty crazy. 
But again, another cult that uses drugs to his advantage. Um, and I want to quickly end with uh, a cult called the Family, also known as the Santini Ketten Park Association, which wow. sounds kind of odd. Or my favorite name, the Great White Brotherhood. Oh, yeah, yeah they are white. Stuff. Uh, and that is a picture that we posted earlier on Instagram of all of those uh, Aryan <laughs> children almost. And one of the followers is like that huge forehead that wouldn't end. And you see that comment? I did. Oh, I and one of them's it. redheaded. Yeah, so it's and like, her ah. forehead didn't end. Bless yeah. her. Bless her. Thank you, Maybe Brandon. Maybe she was balding. For oh, that, that was really funny. So they were formed in the mid-1960s under the leadership of a yoga teacher. You, oh. guys, you guys like yoga. We Love do. It. Yeah, so you guys, I can relate, right? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Her Maybe. Was we'll see how the story goes. Anne Hamilton Byrne. Okay. And she wasn't doing downward dog, let me tell you. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was hey. cute. It okay. was cute. That's the only thing I know about yoga, some downward dog and stuff. Uh, so to keep things short, the leader, Anne, acquired uh, somehow, I don't know how she did this, 14 infants and young children to her custody Whoa. from 1968 to 1975. I'm jumping around a lot here, I understand, but Whoa. just imagine this yoga teacher, 14 infants, kind of children they are growing up. Um, on reaching adolescence for these children, around the time the picture was taken, I believe, they were compelled to undergo initiation into the family by all taking LSD individually. What the fuck? We're talking about children. Oh my God, how scary. What does that even do to a child's brain? Probably scrambles it. Jesus They don't even Christ. understand. That's so scary. That's awful. They and don't I, even have a good spirit guide. No. I, I've had friends that have done drugs at like younger ages, but it's consensual. Like That's they wanted to take them. too young. Yeah. Those kids looked real young. And they know about it. They know what it is. Yeah. They're taking. They These children they're about don't know. To do. oh Get this it's like giving. It's like giving something like that to a dog. Yeah. It has no idea. They have no idea. Ooh, I hope she's rotting. Well, the child would then be led to a dark room alone and left for hours uh, apart from <gasps> anyone else. Oh my God. That's horrific. And they were all psychiatrists that were involved as well. So this Ew, was just a weird. So they're doing it and like making notes. I have no clue if it was like a research project. That's like some Stranger Things Whoa. shit. But it did pique my interest when we were talking about uh, this week and Mandy and drugs being used, especially LSD. That's fucked up. Yeah. Ew. That's really, really fucked up. So again, the the Mansons uh, getting into kind of uh, the Ramon Gustave uh, Guette and then ending with uh, the family, the Great White Brotherhood. Look any of them up, but I think the common theme in my mind isn't necessarily what they believed in or what they were doing, but that the leaders were wielding drugs to get certain things from the members. Jesus, I need to look. In, I need to look those kids up and see how they're doing. I, I I don't know. I saw a picture the other day where there were like three or four kids circled and it said they made it out. So <gasps> I don't I know. bet somebody had to write a memoir. Yeah. Somebody had to. Gotta be out there somewhere. I'm gonna find it. I'll let you guys know. Yeah, and for any true crime junkies, like we could be uh misdirecting some facts here and there, but uh please let us know if we do and we'll correct ourselves. Oof. But let's get into the movie. Get a little, little little less less uh heavy, if you will, and get into something uh I guess at least cinematic. Yeah, let me tell you, you what know? this movie's about. We're talking about Mandy here. Talking about Mandy. I didn't mention that up front. Sorry. Yeah. Well, what's his name? What's his name? Panos. Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. 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 2018. 2018. New movie. Just like Hereditary. Yeah. So basically this burly but sensitive lumberjack named Red, played by Nicolas Cage. It's funny his name's Red, but. And his quirky but tough, she's tough, wifey, Mandy, played by. Andrea Riseborough. Yes. So they live in this like beautiful, <laughs> isolated p 
paradise of sorts. Is that y'all's paradise? I was like, while I was watching it, and they were like, should we move? And she's like, I love it here. I mean, I would love it there for like a week. Yeah, and I then think I'd I would be like, stab my partner. Yeah. Especially in 1983. But they seem so connected, and that's all that they need there. So They seem to have a lot of time apart. Yeah. Yeah, he went to work, and she did her own thing, too. She worked, too. Although worked I had no work. idea she was a lumberjack, or he was a lumberjack, until this, just now. Well, in the well, very beginning. Well, at the beginning of the movie. Just at the beginning. That's the only time it mentions it. Oh. Is when he's like chopping a tree down and he takes a ride in a helicopter back home. Yeah. I don't fucking understand. And she's that. like a science fiction writer, but works at a convenience store. So also mm. didn't really understand that. Yeah. yeah. But hey. I mean, and so Not basically important. they're living their best lives when a freaky ass hippie cult called the Children of the New Dawn and their demon biker muscle called the Black Skulls shatter their you world. You mean the Xenobites? Basically, and drive Lumberjack Red into a trippy-ass, surreal rage of revenge. Yeah, because they fucking stole his wife, killed her in front of him. I think this movie, to me, as I'm not going to, I don't say this often, uh, as a musician, Mm -hmm. um, this movie is just about someone getting rebuffed for like a song he played for a girl. Yeah. If I had to write down how many times somebody I played a song for did not like the song... It'd still be zero, but I think I'd understand what the guy's coming yeah. from. Yeah. I know? think he was especially vulnerable because his dick was out. Yeah. He and literally was like hands on his thighs. His penis is out. This girl starts laughing at him. Not only is she laughing at his song, penis but size. she's laughing at his penis hanging out. It's hilarious. Oh, that scene. That's what makes her like the perfect fucking character. Yeah. Like, uh. To be fair, though, the song is pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. cute. Yeah. You know? I immediately thought of Charles Manson, though, when I was watching that scene. Also makes some really good music. If you want to check out that Charles Manson I'd say it's oh, decent. CM on Spotify, you can still find him on Spotify. Girl. Really? Yeah. There's a song that said, uh, Girl, You Really Got Me. It's like. He doesn't sing that. Chad yes, he does. Chad had an album of uh, Manson's. Manson Not bad covers? to have on the, in the background. It's not Girl, bad. Girl, you really got me now? It's something like that. He didn't like sing that. that fucking song. That's yes. a very famous song. Girl, not not the no. Kinks, girl. You, okay, not, not I was like, one. wait, what? All right, we'll 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 get there. But like, what what kind of movie are we talking about here? It's kind of psychedelic action, fantasy, horror, revenge thriller, mystery. I would agree with all that. I would say experimental. But I would almost like bold if you're thinking about it. Action, maybe sci-fi and horror. Yeah. You know, this movie's fucking jam-packed of action in my my and opinion. Definitely very, I don't know, the psychedelic goes majorly. It's just you're just you kind of feel like you're on drugs when you're watching part of it. It's kind of like a trippy ass yeah. John Wick movie. Yes, like a trippy John John Wick on acid. Yes. Yeah, except instead of a puppy, it's a real person that was killed. Right. Yeah. I kind of got like an Italian giallo feel like an evil dead feel and like we we're saying hellraiser with the cenobites yeah. feel mm-hmm. but i i don't know like what where was the director coming from with all this well uh, as you mentioned his name briefly before we're talking about a director called panos cosmatos uh pretty cool name can we just stop for a second and realize how dope that name is, it is he's, pretty cool. he's italian right uh, he's greek italian oh actually greek italian swedish Wow. But he bef- looks like a regular well, old good old boy. Oh, well, does he? I've yeah. looked at him. He's not like a good old boy, good I'm old boy. He looks like a redneck. I'm sure he does. He wears like a trucker um, hat all the time. But before we go on, can you guys like have any other horror directors that we've covered that have better names? I really like Tobe Hoops. That's kind of a nickname. Tobe Hoops. 
Um, Romero is a pretty fucking good last he name. He does look like a good old boy, but he definitely has a Greek look to him. Because he's Greek. I yeah, mean, dark features. Famous name, but Wes Craven is a pretty cool name. Uh, yeah, Wes Craven is a very cool name. Okay, so he's up there yeah. with names of directors. Shamalama Ding cool. Dong's just fun to say. Yeah. yeah, but his movies aren't very good. Right. Uh, we don't want to no. get to that right now. So he wrote and directed uh, Mandy, of course. In 2018, it came out. Uh, he's the son of a semi-famous uh, Greek-Italian director and a Swedish sculptor was his mother. Oh, and artsy you, family. You know yeah. you're making it when both of your parents have Wikipedia pages. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like, you have to be successful at that point yeah. because uh, if I can click on mom and see her kinks and then dad and see what his drug use was, like, you better be popping out some art. Yeah, you know? true that. Um, and he was really successful because his father, starting in 1993 with his father's movie Tombstone, which was a what? wide release. Oh, his dad, his did dad Tombstone? made Tombstone? Yeah. Whoa. What? 1993. I don't know if you guys are thinking about the same movie I am, but that's what he did. The, f- the famous Tombstone. Huge There's only movie. one. Yeah. Okay, then maybe. Sure. Oh, my God. So wow. That was a father and son production. Just really the dad. He was Whoa. like a second assistant wow. operator of some cool. sort. That is neat. Yeah, but his father was also involved in some giallo type of movies, kind of going back to the Italian side, and was involved in a popular late 80s sci-fi movie that's popular called Leviathan, which Never he directed. Um, and both of these would influence his son's styles immensely, especially in Mandy. And get this, he was also the director of a little-known movie called Rambo 2. Oh, Which wee. is badass, sick, nasty if you haven't seen it. Because that's <laughs> I mean, a fucking rad action movie. Oh, Tombstone okay. is way better, but... Have you seen Rambo 2? No. Okay, well, then, you know, it's Each fine. Each Great. Fair. Uh, anyway, flash forward 2009 when Panos, uh, using royalty money from his father's tombstone fund... That's so nice. ...ends up uh, making a sci-fi horror movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Ooh, I'm going to touch on that in my section, too. Perfect. Uh, which this movie had similar elements to Mandy in that it was visually pleasing. It towed the line of horror and sci-fi. And I think this movie was tailored towards a film crowd just like Mandy kind of was. I don't know if yeah. you guys get this yeah. sense. I don't want to sound elitist at all, but I think Hereditary that we covered last week and Mandy this week were almost uh, made for not like a, I'm not going to say more intellectual crowd, but like these are movies thoughtful. that it's, they're more thoughtful. I don't know how to, I don't know. Artsy, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like the cinematography artsy. is great. Yeah. These are the movies music that is great. don't get necess- like large wide releases right. all the time, but are, you know, coming out at Tribeca or cons or like, I mean, like these are the movies that have critic scores that are way higher than audience. audience scores. Yes. Which we'll, we'll get into in a moment. Yeah. So before he actually made black rainbow, uh, his mom died. Uh, really sucks. I was a Swedish sculptor and he turned to blackout drinking, which was his oh. thing. And he got really, really depressed, um, which mm-hmm. makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, he'd go out with friends. He wasn't able to deal with the grief. Uh, I can imagine losing my mom like that. No, I couldn't either. Uh, once his father died a few years later in 2005, he could not go down the same path. He thought about it. He, he just didn't think that was very healthy for him, which is definitely right. So he turned to movies and writing and he wrote Black Rainbow in a windowless room and released it shortly after it was complete with that funding that he uh, had from Tombstone. Oh, cool. Um, so from there, uh, Panos attempted to finish Mandy, an idea that he'd already started, but quickly realized that he couldn't do it alone just because it was so heavy. So he received help from his friend Aaron Stewart on to finish it. I couldn't find much about that guy. I just know he's a filmmaker that was a friend of Panos at the time and helped him finish this movie. Um, so next, they were held up with funding, which is why the Black Rainbow movie was made before Mandy. 
Um, but this was quickly alleviated when Nick Cage joined. Yeah. And all the funding started streaming in, which is kind of weird to me. And we're going to talk about it, I'm sure, when we talk about Nick Cage. But, like, you'd think Nick Cage would take funding for a movie at this point in his career not put money in? I don't know. He's still well, a, g- think, a big name, though. And That's, I think for producers, if they see somebody, like, reputable is joining on, they're going to be like, well, maybe this movie does have potential. Maybe we don't see it. But if somebody like Nick Cage is going to join on, then maybe he sees something that we don't necessarily see right now. I also was re- I was watching an interview with Nick Cage and he was talking a lot about, I think it's Spectre Vision that backed this movie or yeah. whatever, but he was saying the producers were really hands off. He said the quote unquote suits were hands off and kind of let Panos do his thing. But that's like getting, I don't know, Nickelback to play your music festival and then getting a bunch of people to buy tickets. Nick Cage is still a fuck. I mean, he's still a great actor, yeah. in my opinion. He's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll debate in a second. I, okay. I, I don't devalue Nick Cage's uh, roles in the past. I've just seen some recent movies and Wicker Man and just. He's like, wild. He just, he's wild. I loved him in this movie. Yeah. He I once, thought he was perfectly casted for this yeah. movie. He once got arrested for trying to go to the wrong house that he had purchased. And his wife was like, this isn't our house. Oh he, my God! My okay, friend did says that before. the man who tried to climb a ladder to get into his apartment because he was fucking drunk. It was my apartment, though. Yeah, but you know, you it, had to climb a ladder. You didn't have your keys. It's not my fault. I didn't own the whole apartment complex. Yeah, I'm just saying. Whatever. Drugs and alcohol will do that to you. Yeah, yeah we all got those stories. Maybe oh, yeah. the theme of the episode, but the director Panos, uh, he seemed, as we're saying, to have written both of these movies, especially Mandy, out of grief, which makes total sense if you start thinking about the plot and how the this whole entire film is basically someone lost someone and they have to battle their demons to kind of mm. get revenge, if you will. And if yeah. you want to get really meta on it, you could even think about the Black Skulls and the Children of the Dawn as like vices of grief that he has to deal Oof. with, you know? Yeah. This that, is a very thoughtful movie. It is. Because he went from extreme alcoholism to depression to all the other vices he was dealing with before getting into this movie. Um, for a very specific example, from the actual movie Mandy, this is what uh, Cosmatos had to say about the scene where it was kind of a weird scene where Nicolas Cage's character, Red, is on the toilet drinking the vodka. After. My favorite yeah. scene in the whole movie. Some people have different reactions to that scene because it's a bit weird with him screaming, but I think it's real. It's you know? so real. He's just chugging a vodka bottle and he then. He doesn't know what, he's, what to do. Yeah. And I, I don't, I've uh, never been there necessarily. You don't like keep that. vodka in your. In your I bathroom? love bourbon. that scene. Bourbon, okay. Bourbon, yeah. bourbon. That I scene mean, was so powerful. You put the brown liquid in the toilet, no one can tell the difference. Mm, you know? True. Um, but this is what Cosmatos had to say about that scene. He said, I always wanted to have a scene that felt like that lost decade of mine and invokes me drinking with my friends in a desperate attempt to black out my consciousness. Mm. And I, I think it's a pretty apt description of, I don't know, what someone's going through in like an, a really intense time of grief. Yeah. It's like almost like you're still in shock from what the fuck just happened and then like how do you deal with it let me chug some gin or vodka or Which whatever some people make fun of that scene but maybe it's just a I perfect representation of just if you're making fun of it i think you're missing the mark well personally we'll get into reviews because I, I, <laughs> I have a i have a nice gem for you guys today with some of the reviews i chose i uh, can't wait to hear it yeah yeah so nick cage he got interested in this movie or he got interested in working with panos cosmatos after seeing uh beyond the black rainbow Cage said he couldn't sleep for a week after watching it. Um, and also just on that movie too, Andrea Riseborough, who played Mandy, she also said, she said not to watch it before going to bed. And she said it was so disturbing that she didn't make it through the entire film. 
can we just talk about her, the veins in her forehead really quick? Have yeah. you seen her in real life? Pretty no. prominent. She's very beautiful. beautiful. She's she's looks like a model to me, but she's like she's gorgeous. She looks like uh, there's a cock on her forehead, just all veins. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was a little. They made her look real weird in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's very pretty, actually. She's very pretty. Uh, so Cosmatos, he originally wanted Cage to play Jeremiah Sand. Weird. I you that know what? No I could see it though because really? he's so. He's so crazy. crazy and out there. Like I think he would have done a great Jeremiah. He's not pretty enough. But yeah, but who says that a cult leader saying, has to be pretty? I guess I'm not saying Jeremiah is pretty, but he's got I that think like pretty boy vibe to him. He's like, got beautiful the hair. Charmingness. He's, like, he's in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Cage said he didn't think he had the wherewithal to play that character. Um. He also he just wasn't interested in doing it. But he said, "I want to play Red." And initially, Cosmatos was like, "No." I don't know. And then he was like, what the fuck am I thinking? Nick Cage wants to be in my movie and play Red Miller, of course. Yeah. So they uh, he agreed to let him play Red. Since Red and Jeremiah were enemies in the film, Cage suggested to Linus Roche, Roche, the actor that plays Jeremiah, that they not interact on set. So mm. the only time they would ever speak was just for scenes. I love Pretty it. Cool. I love it when they do that. Yeah. But it also just seems like... He maybe does not like you. And well, I mean, remember in Descent, Descent, the Descent, the Descent, they did that. They kept them separate. That's true. But it's monsters and humans. It's yeah. different, like two actors. Right? I don't know. You could I technically would... call Jeremiah a monster, and like yeah, you want to have was. you want to have ill feelings towards someone. You might as well like not bond with them. Yeah, and try to keep it as like impersonal as possible. Yeah, that's true. I also would like to imagine this is how Nicolas Cage uh, talks to his wife while he's on set. Like huh. ah, kind of can't talk. Oof, man, shouldn't talk to you for like a few months while I'm filming this. Yeah, that's right. You know, is he even married though? You know, I don't know. I don't know what the drama is with Nick Cage. Nick Cage, his life just fell apart. Yeah, Did it? I don't want to talk shit about him because I, I don't know much about it. I just know that, I don't know. Yeah. I think like drugs and alcohol, I think. Um, I know that he like went bankrupt or something. He's been uh, arrested a few times mm -hmm. for like some, some minor things. That's he, unfortunate. He went yeah. to the wrong house once. As Whatever. I I've. I mean, you, come on now. Well, you, he showed up to work for Mandy. He did. He did. I'll give him that. And wore sunglasses to all the interviews. And Conway. Good movie. Con, Con, Con Air. Air. Con oh my Air. God, Sorry. I love Con that Air. movie. I forgot about that movie. He was, also, baby. he was also this movie called Valley Girl that I really want to I really want to watch. Anyway, it came out in the it. 80s. Also, he was in Face Off, which was great. Yeah. yeah. They're um, playing that at Plaza Theater right they now. They are. Is it right now? Yeah. Today? Well, like, I think this week. Yeah, I want to do that. He's going to be there signing autographs. I don't think so. Kanye uh, is so good. So Jeremiah Sand was our narcissistic cult leader. Uh, Linus Roche described him perfectly. So he thinks he's enlightened. He thinks he's God's gift to the universe, but also he's tragic and flawed and human. Um, he said this character, in this character, he could see the male ego revealed in all of its horrible glory. Mm. Uh, in the movie, he said he's entitled to everything, which is part of the reason he pursues Mandy. He feels like he needs to own her and he has the right to. God, that just smelled like Manson to me when I was watching the whole scene with Mandy and him and he's like showing her music. I was just like, that's all I could think about. Charles I think Manson. They encompassed a lot of different cult leaders because in the, the first scene where you see him laying down the bed when he asked for her, mm -hmm. like that reminded me of Jim Jones, who mm. would frequently like uh, tell people that he could have sex with anybody yeah. because yeah. His, once his wife died, like, oh, she was transferred into her body, but you know, yeah. he would only sleep with white women mm -hmm. for some reason. That's weird. Yeah. Just you cult know. leaders, man. Yeah. Entitled pieces of shit. Really interesting brains. Gotta be. I don't know. Yeah, really smart psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah. We had a 
in social psychology, we had to take, we had to learn all about cults. Just like, yeah. You just awesome. prey on the weak-minded people. Yeah. Just get in there and plant some great ideas. <laughs> or not so good ideas. I do love how chill as fuck Mandy is when she gets drugged. It's like yes. she's done it before. Well, that's the exact thing I was thinking. It's like if someone were to try to like drug me, I'm like, yo, dog. Like, I know I what's happening in my body. I don't take a lot of acid, but I know enough to know just you sit still and you don't pee your pants. Yeah, she was so calm. She was just cool as a cucumber. And I've rarely seen the drugs in the eyes, but I feel like I've seen that a lot lately. Like they put the acid in the eye. I guess it makes it go to your bloodstream faster. Yeah. Have you ever seen a hornet used to do oh, shit like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oof. What uh, was that for? for? For anybody involved in the movie, uh, for anybody that hasn't watched the movie, this is uh, a scene where they put the drugs in her eyes, but they also take a fucking huge, almost like Japanese giant hornet, and I hate bugs, but they stab her neck with it and let her sting her. I thought it was like a scorpion. It no, was a it, was, it was like a big... Jesus. Flying, yeah. But to be honest, I couldn't find anything online while because I was very interested in that of any kind of drug that an insect can put into a human for anything other than like poison. I thought it was like paralysis. It seemed to me like something like a made up creature. Yeah. I also am like, you're a shitty ass cult leader if you have to drug them. Like you'd be a boss cult leader if you didn't have to drug somebody and use your natural charm and manipulation to get somebody to do what you want. But you have to drug these people listen to you you're a pussy bitch it's usually the other way around where the cult leader has to take something like speed or something to keep them so much on his or her game that they are able to you know yeah be that type of person not yeah. that they're you know yeah. making people take something like we mentioned yeah. in the beginning of the episode with those other three cults it seems like when they want to spread their message then they start introducing the drugs but in this case it was kind of like the other way around it's like he had to drug them to make them listen to him i and don't know and also we're in a weird movie where we don't know the origin story of this cult yeah but it exactly. could potentially have been going towards the end of you know whatever where cult leaders start to get a little more liberal with their drug use gotta say i'd love to read some fan fiction about the children of the new dawn oh yeah, yeah that'd be really cool and that'd be fun he's just i don't know but the cult wasn't they weren't um i would like to know more about the Black motor skulls? yes the motorcycle Oof. gang oh fucking if i could Did, step out and fucking summon someone with a fucking horn how about yeah. that weren't they saying like uh, the motorcycle gang, they did something to pit. So there's this character called the chemist and he's the one that like makes all the acid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just side note, by the way, his name is Richard Brake and he plays uh doomhead, the main clown from Rob Zombie's 31. Yeah. What a good, what a good movie. Oh, yeah. Come on. Not that great. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, he's the chemist, but the backstory to the, the motorcycle gang is that he, they, he, these these people did something to piss him off. They ran drugs for him. They ran drugs for him, and they did something to make him mad. Mm-hmm. And he like made this special the special batch for them, and they've never been right since. Kind of made them like more superhuman. Yes. Something. And like one of them has a blade for a dick. Oh, that's so cool. And they like they don't have faces. It's no. very. How do you pee? I don't know. Out of your knife dick yeah okay maybe you don't pee anymore maybe yeah. you don't maybe it comes out of your butt i wouldn't hate that no i wouldn't hate it either personally that's how you guys pee right yeah, yeah. the butt. we only have one hole right out there's the not butt. three oh, there's only one fuck yeah you put the tampon up the butt and yep. then you don't shit for a week huh. <laughs> i've been doing this wrong so when i was doing research about special effects 
most of the articles I found were talking more about the visual effects. That's that what makes, makes this movie. Yeah. That's why we can call it trippy and hallucinogenic is the, the lighting and yeah. all the face swaps and all of stuff yeah. that's on like post, like almost the, the editing process, like the switching of faces or like those. I don't remember if you guys remember in the movie where it just keeps showing her face on repeat. Mm. This would have been a good movie. I don't enjoy pot, but. If you do enjoy plot, I think this would be a fun movie. Okay. Yeah. Watch while high. Okay, Dad. Unless you're unless you're smoking like sativa, then it might like give you a heart attack. Just yeah. something chill. Get, get you some like indica and like chill out with this movie, right? Yeah. So the visual effects team is U Media, which is like this huge international group based in London, Brussels, Paris, and Los Angeles, and basically they do everything from. Production, financing, and of course, visual effects. So they get artists to come in and help them do like visual effects on certain projects. There's a bunch of movies that they've worked on. I'm not going to list them. You can look them up if you're really interested in that, but it's not really that important Relevant for this. They've done a lot of stuff. Episode, yeah. So the DP is Benjamin Loeb, who was brought on as a cinematographer literally two weeks before they started doing the principal photography. Wow. That's fucking nuts. Is that yeah. not kind of rushed? That's that very normal? rushed. Like he didn't have that much time to like he he probably had like a few days to go do like location scouting to figure out where he was going to get his shots and how he was going to get his shots. It's like someone else's scouting, right? Right, but he still has to look at like the locations to figure out how am I going to make this shit work. Hmm. You probably know. Gets, okay. It gets weirder when we start talking about where this was filmed as well, but Right. And the director was super specific as to which lens he wanted the cinematographer to use for the daytime shots and for the nighttime shots. And most of this movie was filmed at night and they like worked in the pitch black darkness. Like, so they were, they were using mostly like, I read an article that said they've, they used a lot of like car headlights for shit like this, which cool. makes sense because a lot of the movie there were like car headlights yeah. for like scenes. Um, and without getting too technical, they use this like for us dum dums uh, that don't work in the industry at all. They use this like LED box thingy to like shoot light into the lens to reflect off of the filter. And they had multiple filters with different colors on them. Most of them were like orange and red and like a tobacco color and that's what gave the the film like this milky grainy effect mm. and they also use specific cameras you were telling me earlier like they're old school like 50s style uh pan pan what are they called pan vision panavision yeah i don't know i don't remember exactly what it was but i do remember they use different cameras for this uh, mm. also really high grain film because he wanted to be really grainy um, but yeah, the, the director like had a lot of interesting visual tricks. He probably already had from Black Rainbow. I don't know where he learned that. Maybe from his father. But he he has a lot of creative ways to approach shots and angles and lighting that I, I hadn't seen before. This movie stands out to me, and all the movies we've watched as being very original. And I think the 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 camera was very important, like that old school look, because this movie is supposed to be set in 1983, and right. I think that this movie definitely does not look like it's filmed in 2019 no. or 2018 it looks like it's an old an older like kind of like a grindhouse feel to it except fat nick cage in it yeah I'm like, okay yeah. that's like a 2018 yeah. nick cage yeah he's rocking that dad show, me that, show me that baby he's, face if he's in the okay 80s. so when you're 
you're comfortable, you get a little extra baby yeah, weight. I'm not, you know, I'm not poking you know. fun at him. He's I'm just, happy. I'm just saying, yeah, he's comfortable. You know. But that uh, milky grainy effect seems to be one of the director's like trademarks. Um, lighting was obviously very important in the making of this film. Um, so crazy because it's like the reds and the blues. Yeah. It's and they named the fucking main character Red, which I thought was yeah. weird. I don't know. And uh, the lighting was also kind of a mind fucked for the DP because he hadn't really shot like this before. So I think it was good for his resume and it was a nice learning experience for him. Uh, one interesting thing is they never used any handheld cameras because they thought the handheld cameras made it too personal and not subjective. Um, also probably made it seem more modern if yeah. it was handheld cameras. You right. Know? And they wanted, I guess they wanted to have like an outsider just looking in on what the fuck was going on in this like this fantastical world. Um, but most of the film was shot with wide angles, which kind of seems to be a trend right now. I'm thinking of Hereditary last week when mm -hmm. we talked about the wide angles. Um, and lighting. Hereditary yeah. had some very specific colors they used in the paint and in like what they were trying to shoot. They had a lot of blues in Hereditary, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. This movie had a lot of blues to, in my opinion, uh, I don't know, like elicit calmness and red to rage. So most of the movie's in red, obviously. But the beginning of the movie, before anything happens, like it's all blue. Yeah, which brings me to my next point. The colors in this movie were intentional and they reminded me of the OG Suspiria with reason. I think okay. that was definitely an inspiration for him. Yeah, I can see that. Um, the colors were used to help guide your mood and emotions, which I think he did like very well. So like if you recall, there there are basically two halves of this movie. The first half before all the bad shit happens, the focus, the camera focus, uh, all everything is on the two characters. Everything else, the beautiful backgrounds is kind of like faded into the background. It's like like it's more blurry. And then in the second the second half, everything is like manic and mad and red. So the filters he probably used more so in the second half were those reds, were those like orange, were those like those colors that make you think of hate and revenge. I think no, definitely. that was like a really cool way to do this. I don't know. That could just be our interpretation of what the colors mean. But obviously it it, it proved its point because it, it provoked some emotions in us based on like the mood and the tone of the movie. And another point being there was very little dialogue in the second half because it didn't need to no. because the visual effects were that. That's so true. The visual effects were that in your face you know what i mean yeah yeah and the director is also known for at least in his other movie for having a lot of characters speak very slowly and say nonsensical things which is interesting i like I, it i love that almost when he's like trying to get the gun from his uh his black friend and he he's he, you know he can't say anything the whole time I'm, 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 go I'm, I'm going to i'm going to kill some, some jesus freaks but his friend like knew exactly what was going on based on like the energy that he brought into his fucking trailer yeah he knew, he knew. some bad shit was happening and he was ready to help arm his friend yeah. brothers yeah brothers he's, was down he's, he's red yeah and fucking dope. he's glowing red too i love it also that guy's from predator is oh, he oh yeah. you're right that is uh i forgot his name but he wasn't predator mm -hmm. it's black guy mm. yeah his name is bill duke so yeah i i loved 
the visual effects, this movie would not be as good as it is if it didn't have them, obviously. I think it would be a shit movie if it didn't have the striking visual effects. Well, that's the first thing everyone says when they talk about this movie is how it looks, the lighting, the trippy feel, the atmospheric... Uh I think that stands out more than anything about this movie. In this movie, it looks like it costs a lot of money it based does. on those effects. Like, how much money did it cost to make this? Six million dollars. Really? Not outrageous. Not, not outrageous. Not no. not a not a super high amount, but not a low amount. When we're talking like paranormal activity or anything like that. They're just really smart with how they shot the angles. And as I said in the beginning with uh, Nick Cage, once he came on, a lot of the funding started to pour in, whereas they weren't able to fund this movie before, which isn't surprising. They use an entertainment studio, one at least, called Legion M. Okay. This studio is pretty cool because it allows fans to invest in the creation of films that they're ah, also a part of. So like Mandy was that. So it's like basically, yeah, crowdfunding movie. Like, cool. I don't know exactly how it works with shares and who gets the money when it makes money, but kind of cool like that you put money into it it comes out uh and it's kind of like an independent entertainment studio that wasn't all of it that was a portion of the money um this movie unfortunately had a small release i don't think it was ever designed to have a large theatrical release uh, it only grossed 1.2 million in the box office that said this movie is killing it with rentals right now and it's super popular online so i can only yeah. imagine over the next five years this movie is going to recoup its uh, investment pretty quickly i really regret not watching this when i had a chance to in theaters so do I, but I don't think it was widely released. It was, just, it was it playing here. at the plaza, but that was about was it? it. Yeah. See, probably just at the it plaza. Was, it was at the plaza, but it was also at a Atlantic Midtown or Midtown Arts Cinema. Arts? Well, it's an art cinema. Yeah. And again, we're talking about very specific theaters in Atlanta that probably do get a lot of these one-offs. But yeah, it would have been beautiful to see it actually in the theaters. This is also a very large headphone movie. You like scores, which we'll get into in a oh, second. Oh, God. For filming this movie where it was, can you guys guess where it was filmed? I couldn't at all. I thought this was like bumfuck nowhere Appalachians. I kept saying Alaska. Yeah. No, it was filmed entirely in Belgium. Weird. Yeah. During Why? the summer of 2017. Oh. I think it makes more sense once you think about it. Belgium has some great countryside, some mm -hmm. beautiful forests, like a kind of an eerie feel to it. The at least to me. The stars were breathtaking. Maybe it's that too. Um, mm -hmm. But it was filmed in Belgium, which probably costs a lot more. But again, we're talking about the son of a director who's also international. It probably has a lot of those connections that are able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of the music I just mentioned, it being a headphone movie, all I mean by that is it's a beautiful score. If you have a chance to look at this up on Spotify and find Mandy, I did it today. I was listening in the office to this crazy, you know, not negative soundtrack, but, you know, a very brooding soundtrack. It's from a guy named Johan, so Johan Johansson. Yeah, he does a lot of... Uh, didn't he, he just die? He did he, die. Oh, he did? Yeah. R.I.P., baby. What he, has he done? He's done... He's done a bunch of stuff. He has, yeah. He's I well known. Point yeah. out, but he is very well known. That's why it was sad. He actually overdosed on a cocaine no. night. So it's like he wasn't supposed to go at all. God he damn. was like 38. Is, oh, yeah, he's, he's a genius. So if you want to listen to his music, again, go to Spotify. But he does have a foundation if you'd like to donate to a good cause. I believe the foundation is called Johan Johansson. So just his name and foundation. You'll find it on... Uh, the Google machine. Um, as for the critical reception, this movie did really well with critics. As Ash and Macias were saying, this is one of those artsy movies that has a very high critic score of 92% Rotten Tomatoes, but a very, not low, but a lower audience score of 67%, that's, which I think is kind of funny. That's shitty. It's interesting. but I don't get it. That's about how hereditary was. Yeah, the same thing. I, I, I just think... Just I think it's one of those things that movies get so acclaimed that people that don't normally watch horror watch it and, and people, I don't know. 
people that watch horror a lot think it's too slow or yeah, and yeah. i mean it I is can kind of a slow burn i can see of. why i can see why it's got a 67 yeah, but with no, audience members no matter what review you look at though even the people that hated it said it would be a cult classic easily yeah wow. which i, I think, think so. is obvious yeah um most of the awards it got were very small time city awards but it did get awards for its cinematography and the score which make total sense yeah um so you guys know we usually give reviews from Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, this week, I wanted to grab some reviews from some normal people, so I went to Google Reviews. Okay. So we have Haley Suffolk from Google Reviews. This is her review. This is just a normal Suffolk. person. Suffolk. I'm blown away by people's positive reviews. Seriously, worst movie of all time. If you thought this was a good movie, you are what is wrong with America. Totally unnecessary movie to make. Why in the world would Nick Cage agree to be in such a piece of trash film? So I... Oh, yeah. wow. I want to take well, an art class. What's funny is that uh, only one person found her review helpful. Okay. And probably, oh. was her, probably was her own, you know? So, Haley, <laughs> I think we disagree there. I'm going to agree with my boy, Najib Chanel. Okay. He said, so here's the thing. Mandy isn't perfect. Far from it, actually. It's a beautiful concoction of weird imagery that will absolutely haunt you. I have to say that this is probably the closest I'm going to get to experiencing LSD. Certainly yes. not for all. It takes a very open mind to appreciate this film. I love yeah. that review. That's sweet. That's, that's open-minded. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. and Najib probably isn't a very fun guy. I'll give that. No LSD, no whatever. Yeah. But he says it like it is, and that's I can right. get behind Najib. Yeah. You know? Into it. So those are our two normal reviews. Maybe okay. when I do it in the future, I'm going to grab some more Google reviews because I have such a fun time looking through. I was wondering if you got on Reddit or Google review. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just N peasant reviews. I mean, also, this movie premiered at Sundance. So, yeah. Hallie, you can just shut your fucking mouth yeah. because what? obviously it's a good movie. Yeah. Something tells me Hallie is not going to be at Sundance anytime soon. Something tells me you like, might be right. What yeah. are you doing with your life, Hallie? She's on Google reviews. What are you doing with your life? Leaving reviews. Yeah. That's what she's doing. But we, we tried to find taglines for this movie to kind of end this whole process, but we weren't able to find any because the movie didn't have a wide release. So we were going to come up with some, our own, taglines for Mandy. Uh, I'll start with mine. Okay. Uh, the red is the new black. Yeah, you know, like orange is the new black, but red is the new black because he brings death and black is death. Okay. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to piggyback yeah. off that. Okay. Say red is the new wick. Oh, Ooh, I like yeah. that. Some John Wick comparison there. Except I like John Wick a lot better. Yeah. Sorry. How about Ellie's LSD's nuts? Okay, also That's, good, yeah. I could see that in a cover. How about you know? watch out for that knife dick? Watch out for that knife dick is also a pretty good one as well. That was a creepy scene. Yeah. I mean, what? how do you even pee? We talked about through, through the butt? I don't know. I don't know. Don't laugh at a Peter. I have <laughs> laughed at a few Peters in my day. Yeah, seriously. If you laugh at a Peter, you get burned in a sleeping bag. I feel dog. like it's a good way to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Laughing at a penis? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a... I don't know. It's not... To a stranger that has kidnapped you, I don't... Well, I don't you know. I just think that's so bold and courageous of her. She probably knew that her end was near. Okay. She's like, yeah. fuck it. Unless you know you're going to die. Yeah. She's like, I'm not scared of you. I love Mandy. Mandy was a boss bitch. She was. She died. She you did, die. but she died with honor and like yeah. not being like all that's like true. scared and like whatever. That's She's right. She went out with a bang. That's fine. Yeah. R.I.P. Mandy. R.I.P. Mandy. We're going to take a quick break and get back to you guys with the ratings.
Okay, so to get back into the ratings for Mandy, we have jump scares. Starting off one of our 10 horror variables, we rated this a 16%. It is not a very scary movie. No. Nope. Not a lot of jump scares either. I think we, we counted zero jump scares throughout the whole time. For soundtracks, it's one of the higher soundtracks we've done in a second. Hereditary was great last week and got a high score. This week with Johan Johansson, we gave it a 73%. Yeah. Check it out on Spotify. Very good. For gore, we gave it a 66%. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Mm, okay. It there was a lot of blood in the there? second half. It wasn't that much, though. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I didn't give it a it much... was enough. There wasn't a gratuitous, gratuitous amount. Right. That fucking chainsaw scene. I'm really into that. I'm yeah. really happy they had a chainsaw fight scene. Wait, and where else did we see that? Motel Hell. Yes. Motel Hell. About to say, It took one? us a minute. We, we were, were looking at it. it. We're like, what is this? Yes. What, which one did you prefer? I like Mota Hull better because this is kind of funny. And he's wearing a fucking pig's head. Yeah. I mean, yes, but also this chainsaw was like fucking six feet long. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. That's fair. It's good. How fitting for a lumberjack to yeah. fight oh, with a oh, chainsaw. Oh, also, the guy getting his fucking head squished in like an Oberon from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Into that. That was pretty good. That was real good. He's like, I'll suck your cock. Nope. No, yeah. you won't. Nope. Not such a badass now, bitch. Yeah. More like, I'll fuck your mouth and you're dead. That's right. <laughs> Is that too gruesome? No. No. That's fine. I mean, he was a cult leader. He deserves it. gross. Okay. For shock value, other than what I just said, 46%. Yeah, it wasn't very shocking. No. I think that what, I think Mandy dying the way she died was pretty shocking. I disagree. I mean, she got burnt on the stake. Sad. Sure. I thought yeah. it was going to be worse because I knew this was a revenge film. I was like, oh my God, what happens to Mandy that he loses his shit? I thought she was going to get flayed alive or something. I just got to say, Nick, you could have you could have tried a little harder to get out of that. Wow. That's... Yeah. I would have done... I would have ripped my face off trying to get out to get to my wife in a sleeping bag that was burning alive. Well, I would have ripped my face off. Let's put you in the situation and see what happens. I would have done it. I wonder what love is like like that. I know, right? Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. For suspense, not very suspenseful. It's a revenge film, 36%. Yeah. Uh, for monster slash killer appeal, it's going to be a 70%. I liked them. Yeah. Uh, for special effects, it's going to be a 73%. Yeah. Uh, like Ashley said, it's, uh, I don't know, it's more visual effects than special effects. And they're kind of one and the same. I get that. But there's nothing crazy like, a you know, something shooting out of someone's fucking stomach or something. Still beautiful. Yeah, and we can we can rope that into special effects. So that's why we gave it a seven three percent, which is kind of higher. For horniness, we gave it a twenty six percent. I I don't know. I, I mean, I, you see Jeremiah's cool. dick. Yeah, I, that was I, kind of. Hot. I got no boner from this movie. Yeah. I got a seven on this one. Maybe from the tiger. That shit was cool yeah. as fuck. That was a real tiger. That tiger in the plot was supposed to be a lizard. And when the guy showed up to the scene to shoot it, Richard Brake. they're like, oh, dude, instead of a lizard, here's this tiger. So I can only imagine showing up to work and thinking you have a huge lizard in the cage and then just, mm. oh, fuck, now it's a tiger. Side note, my wife does a pet wrangler from films. She oh, yeah? said that that tiger, that when he got out of his cage, nobody was in the room. Like, Definitely nobody was in the room. The way oh, he sure. like walked out like that with like confidence or whatever, there had to be nobody around. Because you don't do that with no. people. No way. But I was really surprised when I was like, babe, is this a real tiger? And she's like, uh, no. yeah, that's a real fucking Definitely tiger. Real. No, oh, it's sorry. a real tiger. Real there tiger, was, there was yeah. part of it when it was outside that looked CGI, yeah. but at least when it was inside, it looked real. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. They got a real fucking tiger for this movie. Yeah, It's Belgium. Yeah. I dated a girl from Belgium once. Tigers everywhere. Oh, yeah? yeah? That's what she said. Huh? Cool. Tasha, if you're listening, hope you're well. 
into it. For acting, we gave it a 76%. Maybe that's Nick Cage carrying it. I don't think it was a bad acting performance by anyone. Though. No, I loved it. Yeah. Um, for plot, we gave us an 80%. Yes. That's Pretty a good, good plot. plot. You know, can't complain. Um, so some good grades overall. I'll start with our, uh, so some good grades overall. I'm going to start with my personal score. I gave it a 69%. Ooh. Uh, I kind of like the number 69. And hey. that was kind of funny to give it a 69. But it also kind of aligns with what I thought about it. Uh, this movie, with its cheddar goblin, the crazy lighting, <laughs> constant drug use, free-flowing plot, it's not hereditary. So what I mean by that is it's not going to be an instant top 10 classic of horror. Not that right. I'm necessarily saying hereditary will be that. But I think once I finish this, like the reviewers were saying, even the negative ones, this is definitely going to be a cult classic forever. Mm-hmm. So with that, like I, I, I like watching it again. Like I like showing it to people and telling people about it. And I've already had some people rent it. Um, I think it's definitely well worth the watch and is uh, entertaining, especially if you, uh, you know, do you happen to have some acid or LSD and you want to watch a fucking horror movie? Yeah. That's not called Jacob Slaughter. Yeah. So 69% for me. Ash, what would you like to say? You gave this movie a 85%. Yeah, I did. I love this movie. I haven't watched a new movie other than Hereditary. And I saw this before Hereditary. So um, I haven't watched a new like horror-ish movie that I really loved like this other than hereditary so i thought that the visuals were beautiful and i loved watching this the first time i watched it i was really excited by it um i just thought it was different it was something that they obviously put a lot of thought in a lot of horror movies they don't i think in a lot of horror movies they just like throw out there really quick they want to make a quick buck but this guy was patient and i thought it was a beautiful movie so it's yeah. a it's a big like you're saying i think it's a even last week like we were saying i think it's a departure from these like quick output horror movies which are still yeah. happening don't get me mm-hmm. wrong they're still putting out shit horror movies at a, a very high frequency because they're low budget and really easy to make and they generally make a lot of money in theaters but i think we're seeing like this kind of uh i don't want to keep using the word revolution because Friend. we're in a different political time now or that might yeah. become uh, a different <laughs> real? a real word it's just refreshing it's a refreshing yeah. birth of like these directors that are having actually thoughts or thinking about what they're doing and using special effects and natural effects to their advantage. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. CS, will you close this out with your 78%? I'm going to give it a lower grade. Okay. What would you like to give it instead? 66. 66%. That's fine. Cool. So I gave this a 66. I think for this movie, it was really cool looking and Nick Cage was great, and I really liked the bikers. I especially liked the Cheddar Goblin. Oh, yeah. Who, unfortunately, was not in more of the movie. We only got to see him for about 60 seconds. But He counted. Yeah, he counted. Um, I think for me, there was a lot of hype around this movie, and so my expectations for this were, like, through the roof. But you had just, like, been hyped up for Hereditary, yes. so it's almost unfair to yeah. watch an after yeah. they're movie. Just, but they're so different. They are. They are really different. And coming off the heels of Hereditary, which was, to me, like, that was a really great movie. And this was also a good movie, but I didn't love it as much as I loved Hereditary. And that might be why my score is a little lower, because I just came from watching this really great movie. Sure. I'm on a high. So anything compared to that. Um... I did want to rewatch it last night. To be fair, I was watching it with Ashley and her wife, and they were kind of talking a little bit. So sorry. Uh, so I hate that. Like, good uh, thing. I'll, I'll make a note. You might as well have watched it in North Cab Mall. <laughs> you didn't yeah, say anything. Like you. you have your own mind. Speak up. Say shut up. Do it. About your house, I'm not gonna tell you to be quiet. I don't tell the kid next to me get off his fucking phone. I expect that from you. I'm not gonna say that. We've been friends for over 
15 I'm not going to tell you not to speak at your house. Well, <laughs> I would have shut up. Regardless. Regardless. But I was, I did try to find it last night to watch it again by myself, but I didn't. I almost signed up for Shudder, and then I didn't. Anyway. I'll give you my login. There you go. Good. Cool. Yeah, that's my 66. That's fine. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I gave it a 69. Ash was uh, the higher at 85, but, you know, sometimes that it, it, it be like it be. So overall, we gave this movie a 77%. I like that score. That's a good score. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, Like in the middle of both critics and audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Appropriate. For number of kills, we counted eight kills in this movie. And so, you know, a pretty large amount. This is compared to uh, last week. For a number of sex scene, we saw a penis, so we put 0.5. <laughs> yeah. You know, for jump scares, we didn't see any jump scares. No. There's nothing really that caught me off guard. No. And uh, Maria spiked dick. Yeah. And Maria was able to watch it. So yeah. Usually, oh, what did you think? She really liked it. She had watched it with me months ago. But, oh yeah. Um, she really likes artsy movies. She was actually yeah. the one that wanted to watch it. I didn't even introduce it. Hmm. Uh, for a number of explosions, I didn't see any. I didn't. It looked like there's gonna be there's a lot of fire, but there was no. You'd explosion. think a car would explode at some point, but they didn't. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, number of monsters. We had the cult listed as seven. I was counting the motorcycle people and the cult people. Okay. There so, was like three of the motorcycle dudes. And one of the cult, cult girls, I, I think didn't she knew better. Yeah, she one didn't of get them, killed, though. I feel for her. She did not get killed. He yeah. knew that she knew. Well, she looked like she was a recent induction. Yeah. She looked like she had remorse. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I'm tired of fucking Jeremiah every day. <laughs> so let's close the chapter on Mandy and Macias. I believe you're the person that's choosing next. What are we watching next week? What's it going to be? I'm going to go a little off the beaten path here and choose a movie that I haven't seen in God. College, high school. Cults, right? Uh, yes, cult theme. This movie is called Red State, directed Red by State. my Kevin boy Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Not very funny, is it? Uh, no, but it's not. It's not super heavy either. But it's it's fucked up. Well, I'm just saying in relation to like Clerks and Mallrats. Is oh, James Silent Bob in it at all? Um, is there any references to them at all? I would. Love you know that. what? I would love it too. Let's keep I an eye out. I don't think so because. Yes. I was a big Jane Silent Bob fan in high school. Didn't see and it. I I didn't even know that at the time that Kevin James Kevin Smith directed this. I'll have to check and see if there's any kind of There's gotta be some sort of homage. I doubt it. You, you think? I mean, maybe he put there a little Easter in egg Tusk. in there somewhere. I'm gonna look for it. Doesn't matter. We'll we'll look for it. You guys should look for there it. There was as well. references in Tusk too. Oh, that's different. Okay. I know a lot about the making of that. I anyway. Fuck that movie. So it Red scares State? the shit out of me. Red State it is. Kevin cool. Smith? Yes. Cool. Backwoods. Conservative, red. You shit. know, it's a topical to what we're dealing with now. Yeah, it is. Not necessarily realistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, let's uh, let's get into that. Maybe we'll talk about some Waco, maybe some Ruby Ridge. Some Ooh, of those, like think about right wing nationalists. Rest- Westboro Baptist Church is what this movie is going to remind you of. Mili- Militant. Yes. Westboro Baptist Church. I have some personal stories with Westboro Baptist Church. Very Perfect. cool. Save that for next week. And we will save that for next week. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Feel free to write us with movie suggestions, creepy stories, or just to hang out with us. You can contact us at hornyhorror at gmail.com, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at hornyhorror, and listen on any podcast platform. Make sure to watch Red State. I don't know what streaming service is on. I think I watched it on Netflix a few years ago. Maybe on Prime right now. It may be on Prime, but uh, I'm sure you'll find it. If you can't, email us. I'll help you find it yourself. Okay. You can also um, just Google Red State. I can do it right now. Yeah. Google Red State streaming, and I'm sure it will tell you where to go. Um, aside from that, you guys have a good week. Uh, don't take 
mind-altering drugs if you don't have a third person. For every yeah, you two need people, a spirit guide. Every two people, you need one person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have eight people, you're doing drugs. You're going to need four people watching those eight people. And drink a lot of water. Why not? Yeah. Make it a water day, not a drinking day. You don't want to combine the two necessarily yep. unless you are someone that's done before. And, you know, maybe go to a park. Get a blanket. Lay it out. I don't know about that. Maybe go to a uh, Japanese horror movie. I've done that. I've been fine. You just need to be in the right headspace. Didn't Wasn't there that one time where you, like, got on the roof and you thought things were happening, but they weren't when you took drugs? I thought it was snowing and it wasn't. Yes, Whoa. that's what I meant. Spencer. You were on, like, a rooftop bar yeah, or something. used to be our host. Had to, to hold my hand, take me to the bathroom because <laughs> I peed my pants. Did you pee you your pants? You pissed your pants? I always think I pee my pants. <laughs> I never do. <laughs> You thought you pissed your pants? Oh my I've been God. in a restaurant before on shrimps and uh, why? 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 Because I was I don't yeah, know, dumb and no. young, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was fine until like I started to think I peed my pants, and then I was like, I told my friend Alex, so I was like, Yo, dude, I think I peed my pants, and he was on shrimps too. He's the only other person, so I was like, I'm gonna go fix this. So I went to the bathroom, I splashed a lot of water on my crotch, so I, it would even it out. That was my idea, so it wouldn't look like I peed my pants. So. I would just make it all wet. So I came out of the bathroom, dripping wet, and just the rest, I don't know, it was weird. The restaurant was looking at me, and I just had these dripping wet shorts. Jesus Christ. It probably looked like I peed my pants mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So then we sat outside on the bench downtown Roswell. And, uh, in waited. Roswell? You weren't even in Atlanta. Oh, my nope. God. <laughs> With a bunch of just old white people <laughs> everywhere and families, because that's all it is God. in Roswell. I know. Oh, what a terrible place to do drugs. Bless you. I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay, you guys have a better week than that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 